Welcome to the Relaxed Running Podcast, the show that helps runners and athletes in running-based sports transform the way they run. Here's your host, Tyson Popplestone. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Relaxed Running Podcast. Tyson Popplestone here. Now, if you weren't here last week or you haven't heard yet, we just recently launched our Technique Analysis Membership. So if you're the athlete or you're one of the athletes who's been looking at improving your running efficiency, now is a really good time to take advantage of the membership. We use the OnForm app, so regardless of where you are in the world, we can get some really good footage of you and offer some really helpful, practical cues and guidance to help you become a more efficient runner. If you're interested in signing up, the link to join is in the description to this episode. It's currently $19.95 per month. It's going to stay there for the next two weeks, and then it's going to go up to around $59 per month. So if you want to get on board as one of the early members, regardless of how much that price goes up, you'll never pay more than $19.95 per month. So hit the link, get in touch if you have any more questions. But for now, let's get into today's episode with Brock Shirley. Brock on Sunday finished the Melbourne Marathon with a six and a half minute PB. I started coaching him just over a year ago. Today, we wanted to do a little race reflection, not just the race, but also the lead up. Like any marathon preparation, Brock had some really good parts and he had a couple of little challenges. So we want to dig down into all of that. We speak about hydration, we speak about nutrition, we speak about footwear, we speak about race tactics, we speak about how we felt throughout the race and a whole heap more. So I hope you find this valuable. It's nice sometimes just to pick the brain of an athlete fresh after a marathon and hear about what they thought of their experience. I mean, it's very hard to complain with a six and a half minute PB. I was pumped for him. He was pumped. I'm also excited because this guy's got so much more room for improvement. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode with myself and Brock Shirley. Uh, Sunday, Melbourne Marathon, three hours, 21 minutes, and I've got it up on my phone. 30 seconds. 30 seconds on the dot. Give or take, Um, I think, yeah. Sure. Six and a half minute PB. I yep. am so interested. I know I spoke to you after the race <laughs> on Sunday. Yep. Let's let me handball it to you. You walk <sighs> me through the day before, the morning of, and then yep. let's have a look at the race. You explain to me what's going on, and yep. then I thought it'd be interesting for people to hear a little bit about your lead up because I reckon your lead up is really it's a really good lead up to use as an example of what can be achieved or what a great result can be achieved through. Because I would say we didn't have the absolute smoothest lead up in the end. It turned out to be, it was very smooth for a long time. And then you handled a hiccup well, and then it was very smooth. And then there was a trip to Thailand and then there was a good race result. And so it's a fun conversation to have because I think not only did you handle the actual, you you didn't uh, just handle the actual roller coaster of a marathon build up really well. You ended up running a really big PB off the end of it. And yep. I mean, that's a whole, that's a whole podcast in itself. We'll get to that in a minute. So sure, it's 24 sure. hours before the race, you and your yep. lady have made your way into Melbourne. You're ready to roll. Walk us through it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I kind of wanted to set up um, really well for this one. So months ago we booked the Saturday night in the city um, because I'm about an hour train ride out and I'm so glad we did that because it turns out the trains weren't running the that day. <laughs> So it would have been a chaotic drive-in. So yeah, we stayed the night before, um, just so that I could get up at a nice hour. And my, I just sort of got dressed, walked down to the start line. It was really quite relaxed. I felt really good. Like it was probably the most relaxed build-up before a marathon that I've I've done. Um, 
and I think that had a lot to do with it. But yeah, the night before we went out for a token pasta meal, um, got all the carbs in I possibly could, and then ate some of Caps as well. <laughs> um, yeah, just got an early night, had a nice rest, and then yeah, wandered down. It was it was quite a nice morning though. Like it, it got a little bit of drizzle before the start, um, which was annoying. But um, yeah, once the starters gun went off, it was perfect conditions for running. Yeah, it was really good. Um, but yeah, that. Yeah. So talk us through. You were, you were saying that the start was interesting as well because you were surrounded by a whole heap of people who shouldn't be yeah. a part of the start line where you were, which is always the case when you've got 10,000 runners next to each other. There's always a couple of people going, I'm not really sure where yeah. I should be. And uh, you explained, I mean, you can't tell this when you look at your first 5K splits, but that first K was yeah. probably a little yeah. chaotic by the sound probably, of it. Probably almost like, because it goes... Batman Avenue, not many people will know Melbourne, but it's pretty tight roads all the way through. And you go into Flinders Street, which is tight, and it's full of tram tracks. And um, and then you do another sharp turn, and there's more tram tracks, and it's just all bottleneck. So the first sort of K and a half, um, yeah, there were people that were, I don't know, probably should have been way back at the five-hour pacer. Um, and that's just the excitement of the day. People want to get up as close to the starting bell and, Steve Monaghetti was there ringing the bell. So there was a lot of excitement. So I think everyone just wanted to be part of it. Um, but once that gun went off, it took five to ten minutes just to get some clear air. Uh, there was a lot of dodging and weaving. There were a few people falling over around me. So that was quite uh, quite intense. And that really hurt the start. That was I was like, oh, no, this is going to be you – know, it's a long marathon, so I didn't panic. But I was like – in my head, I was like, geez, 30 seconds when you're chasing PBs, it means everything, like – 30 seconds here, 30 seconds there, um, it can really get to you. So I was just, it was a lot of self-talk in that first two Ks of like, just shut up, it's going to be okay, you'll get through it. There's some good downhill sections, it'll be easy, you'll you'll be fine. So that was a bit, a bit of a challenge, but um, it wasn't unexpected. Um, it was just a bit worse than I thought it would be, I suppose. But, How chaotic yeah. was it? It was... It wouldn't. It's not the worst race I've done before like that. There's some trail runs that are like really bad because they go to single trail really quick. Um, so there was a bit of room to move, but people were having to jump up on footpaths and sort of ducking and weaving through spectators at points because it was. It was just a lot of people that were really slow. Um, and then there were the people who think they're much faster than they are and they were sprinting past, <laughs> which I always like because I love seeing them go past and I'm like, righto. Take take note of your shoes, and I'm going to pick you off at about thirty kilometers. I'm going to, I'm going to track <laughs> yeah. you down. So, <laughs> yeah, it's good. It was it was it was pretty hectic, but it was alright. A couple of um, I guess a couple of just broader questions before we we boil down to more specific ones. In yeah. terms of uh, the fueling and hydration, you said the yep. night before you got out had a bowl of pasta. Like, yep. how did you feel the actual fueling part of it went? Were you happy with how you felt? Um, uh, sort of energy-wise? Did you feel heavy? Did you feel good? Do you think you nailed it? Was there room for improvement? Uh, I actually think it was... Um, I, I don't. I can't say perfect, um, but I, I felt really, really comfortable with the not only the build-up. The couple of days beforehand, I started to really build up um, the carb load and then went pretty, pretty hammer and tong at it on Saturday. Um, and I was expecting to wake up in the morning feeling real groggy and heavy because sometimes you do. Um, but I think I think I got the balance right. So I woke up in the morning feeling like full of energy. My legs were like had that twitch in them, that excitement in them. 
Um, the stomach didn't feel full, so I knew I wasn't going to get like an upset gut about 20Ks in. Um, yeah, I felt really comfortable. It was, um, yeah, really awesome. I, I was stoked with it. So, And then on the race, I had my gels and, you know, that sort of stuff with me. So that was good too. But so I'm sure did we'll you say you had? That. Did you take six gels out with you, did you say? Yeah, yeah. So six gels. Um, I just had one every half an hour because that's what I've been sort of doing in training for the last, the whole block. Um, and it's pretty much the golden rule of marathons, nothing new on race day. So it was the same boring flavor that I'm used to. It was <laughs> the same intervals. Um, I think I'm not going to have them for a couple of months now. I think I'll just, <laughs> I might just take a banana out or something if I need to go for a long one because <laughs> I'm pretty sick yeah. of of the flavor but they got me through they did the job yeah they definitely yeah, pushed sure. the wall out i didn't hit the wall as early as i have in previous races yeah Good. yeah and, and in terms of your hydration were you just using the um the melbourne marathon tables the ones they had available you didn't have yeah. anyone out there handing you drinks unfortunately no. for everyone listening i i couldn't make it in uh to the melbourne marathon so i would have been the man who i would have been passing <laughs> drinks i know what a shame we're still yet to meet face That's to okay. face which is the strangest thing is that uh, we've had so much success over the last 12 months yeah. and yet uh, still, uh, yet we haven't met each other face to face. I've just recently started coaching a bloke who ran the Melbourne Marathon. He ran, the, sorry, the half marathon yep. on the weekend. And he said he's coming up to Ocean Grove in a couple of weeks. So if I meet him after three weeks of coaching him, <laughs> JR um, is his name. If I meet him after three, it'll be an absolute shame. You, you're due for a coastal trip. I, I think am, Screams actually. eight years is a, a good place to bring your lady yeah, that's true. that's true but anyway that's just a a, a long tangent to uh, uh, apologize for the fact that i wasn't okay. there by your side uh, right. you had to rely on the volunteers at the uh, yeah. at the melbourne marathon tables handing you waters and gatorades yeah they're absolute heroes it was good there was it was sort of i think the first water was three k's in which was and i know in my head that i knew that but when it came up i was like gee that was quick so that kind of really like you know, that makes you pretty pretty comfortable. There's going to be a lot of water. Gatorade as well was on offer. So um, I think I've perfected the art of crushing the plastic, the paper cup to make it a funnel so you don't end up with it all over your face. That's that's a skill that I've been honing for the last couple of years. So most of the water they offered, I was able to get down, which was good. <laughs> that it is was a win. It's, yeah. harder. It's, it's harder to do than it is to say. I actually, I made a YouTube video on this like three years ago. And it's like, it's not the most popular one, but I think it's had a few thousand views. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, well, that's, uh, that's interesting to me. I thought when I made that 47 people would watch it. And I thought, <laughs> oh, it's interesting that a couple of thousand people have at yeah. least had that question enough yeah. to, to Google it or to YouTube it or whatever. So it, yeah, it's can... funny. I'm, I'm, yeah, I've had my fair share of uh, <laughs> just breathed in waters and waters that have sort of ended up on the ground with yep. me getting about 25 mils. Yeah. And that's a nightmare because that, that, that coughing fit can really hurt you. <laughs> Oh, it's so, so embarrassing as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So we went into the race with the plan of yes. um, we were a little con- uh, not conservative, but we were cautious. Like we were. Yep. I, my only advice to you really was um, with regard to the actual race was stuff that you knew yourself. I mean, you coach athletes yourself. You've got your own yep. running coaching business. It's not like uh, it's all news, but sometimes it's nice just to have a another bloke to, or it's another good. person to bounce ideas off. And, and my only advice or my only thoughts were, hey, let's just not get caught up too much in the adrenaline, the momentum, mm. the excitement of the race and take out those first couple of Ks in four minutes flat when the yep. pace that we want to hold for the marathon is four minutes 45. And so with that said, I was an absolute pain in the ass to my wife all <laughs> Sunday morning. I know we laughed because I woke up, I had the app ready to go. 
um, and I was going through your splits. So let's let's go through the splits. So sure. they uh, for everyone listening, they're operated uh, or they're broken down into five k intervals with a couple of random ones. Yeah, real weird ones. In a minute. So the first update came through at. Uh, I'll tell you my thoughts as they went through, sure. and then you tell I'll me give what you was the going reality. Yeah. The reality. So <laughs> at 7.01, you've officially started the race. It says you've crossed that line. 7.01 and six seconds, Yep. Um, which is interesting. I'm, I'm not sure how they work those times, but that suggests that you were across that start line officially a minute and six seconds after the gun actually it's went. Pretty much. I reckon that's exactly what's happened because Mona, Mona Getty is a he's always on time. So you can set your watch to him. He rang that bell at 7 o'clock on the dot. So it took me that long to get through to the start line. So, and yeah. 24 minutes and one second later, which is four minutes and 49 second pace. So four seconds off, but we'll give yep. or take five to 10 seconds these first couple of Ks. We really don't care. Yeah. The idea is just find your feet, get some rhythm, don't stress. We've got so much time in the, you know, at this stage, we still have 37 Ks <laughs> left to make up any time. Yeah. 449s. My thoughts were, okay, he's he's obviously just finding some rhythm. He's finding his feet. Yep. I did think a little bit about the fact you might have been dodging and weaving. Yep. I don't think I realized at that time how far how far back in um, in that field you were and how much dodging and weaving was going yeah. on. But you're feeling good, 449, you're happy? I was pretty comfortable. Like, And I think that's when I noticed a lot of people whizzing past me. And I was like, whilst I'm, I am trying to get through the crush of the crowd, I also don't want to be that person who ran past me at 3 minute 20 kilometers because that's not worth it either. So I had to I had to kind of you know sit in that balance of feel comfortable, sit the shoulders down, stop stop the tension, get it out of your body and just let let the crowd open up. Um whilst also having that mild panic attack in the back of my mind thinking 30 seconds could kill me. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> it's a real balance. But yeah, that was it was just that crush. So and I and the 5 seconds off the the, the time that's I was kind of happy just to sit there. I knew that it was under control. So yeah, pretty accurate that first couple of kilometers was mostly just the crush of the people. Yeah. For sure. Then we go through 10k and your average for that 5k period from 5k to 10k is 451. Yeah, that would make sense. Yeah, that that's a bit more comfortable. Um, again, it was just that sort of staying conservative, just letting the body tick over, knowing full well that there was room if I needed to push towards the end, I could get that pace back up. So yeah, it was pretty comfortable. There was no no danger For sure. there. Now, this is where my conversation started to get a little more interesting because, as I said, I was offering running commentary to Jesse, who's at yep. our house, could not care less about yep. the sport of distance running, <laughs> yep. was not interested in any of my commentary, yep. had no concern for you and your well-being, just did not care. You'll I'm get along well with her, but your running career, she doesn't care about nah. it. And if yep. it makes you feel any better, she didn't care about mine either. <laughs> but here's where it got interesting. So we knew that 4.45 was where we wanted to see you. Yes. Um my commentary here when I saw the next one was like, all right, don't get too excited. Mm-hmm. This is me speaking to you yep. from Point Lonsdale. Yep. You've you've averaged 440 for the next 5K, which has pretty much brought you back down to around our race pace. Yep. But I'm thinking, okay, I, I have an interesting feeling. I know where this is heading because it's early enough in the race to fool yourself that you're, uh, you're going to run two hours and three minutes. Yep. And it's early enough to feel good and go, yeah, no, I'm back. So 440s, I was happy with that, but I was – a little, I had an asterisk next to it because I was like, okay, I hope he doesn't get any ideas here and starts running away. Yeah. But that sounds as though the package just op- opened up. You'd started yep. to find a real rhythm. You were warm. Yeah, and and 
I have to admit, your your voice is in my head for a solid ninety percent of this run. <laughs> um, particularly when those those numbers were I'm rolling so down, and I was that's okay. Um, and I was thinking, yeah, I'm sitting at four forties. Tyson's going to be screaming at me because he knows what the plan is. But it, once we hit the ten k, it's kind of you're running around Albert Park Lake. It's real flat. It's open. Um, I kind of just hit a bit of a zone and had a little bit of a kick fully aware that I didn't want to go overboard, but I think I just cleared that pack and got into my rhythm. So, um, and then I was able to scale it back a little bit later on. Sure. But I did have you on my head. Yeah, that was, it, I, it was and exactly so we, right. I felt great. <laughs> yeah. And so this one was a little deceptive because it took me a minute to get my head around it. So oh, yes. it's 15 K. The next split they give you is 16.9 K. And I've looked at this and I've said, okay, here we go. He's having an absolute crack because the average split went from, uh, so not forgetting the 5K before your 440 average was 451. Yep. And then you've gone from 440 down to 432. So you've just dropped <laughs> another eight seconds off the average. And I've thought, yep. okay, this is this is very interesting. I'm, I'm looking forward to hearing more about what's going on there. Yep. And then at the 20K mark, I'll do these at once because obviously it's like yep. a scattered, I see a 509. And that's the average from 17Ks to 20Ks. And I've said to Jesse, I was like, all right, I'm hoping this is a toilet break because yeah. otherwise a drop like that suggests I, I had no fear that there was any wall being hit that early because yeah, I'd no. seen how well you're training and how consistent you're training. Yeah. I knew that wasn't an issue, but I was concerned that either uh, – the, the only real concern I had was injury. I was thinking, yeah. okay, he's had to run into the loop or he's dealing with some kind of a cramp or an injury or something I don't know about because we saw from 432 you dropped to 509. Yeah. Yeah, it was tactical. This so, was the only concerning part of the race yeah. where I was like, what's happened? Yeah, so <laughs> I, I think I think the when it dropped to four forty earlier, I was starting to need a toilet break. I just I just had a bit too much fluid and I was just like the bladder was full. So I was like, All right, I think I've just got to kick I've got to kick maybe five seconds a K for the next little bit. And then the four thirty I saw a toilet up ahead. So I was like, I'm gonna push to that. <laughs> So that was probably about a 500 meter, not all out, but it was like, you know, I got, I probably was sitting at four, four, or 11, four fifteens or whatever. Um, knowing that I was going to probably blow a minute in the toilet. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, so sure. I was just banking time. So then that you see that roll over into the five Oh nine in the next one, that was the toilets toilet break. So, um, beautiful. Yeah. The net. Yeah. We, we were okay, but I, I didn't mean to panic you and I'm sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's bound to be a couple of panic moments throughout a marathon, yeah. I'm sure. But that was just the first one. And then you've gone through, so 21.1K, you've hit an hour 41.17. Mm-hmm. So obviously the goal, or the, the old PB, uh, three hours, 28 minutes. Yep. I was very confident that on a good day you were going to beat that. I wasn't yep. sure whether it was going to be by as much as it was yep. or slightly less. We can get into to that later and how, how much of a good result it was, specifically yep. because of a couple of things that took place. Um, you're on track here. I thought, okay, we, we want to see you roll home um, that, that last 12K especially. So 21K, you're, you're at, a, say, 322 pace pretty much. 25Ks, you've brought the average back down to 441s yep. and then 448s to 30. And then let's just have a look at this last 12K. So from 30 to 35K, your average is 440. Yep. And how's the body feeling at this point? Are you thinking, all right, I'm struggling, I can build it up? Where's your head at? Yeah, Where's your body at? I was feeling okay. I knew that I was getting close to the limit of pace. And I don't know why, but I didn't feel like I had heaps in me. But I felt if I stayed at that pace, I could go for a long time. Like I, I was confident at that pace, I could just keep going. Um. 
So that was good to know. I also ran past some people on the side of the track that I wasn't expecting to see, just some sort of uh, people from work who were down supporting someone else. So they gave me a bit of a kick as well. So, And that lasts a couple of Ks, that little bit of a buzz. Um, so I felt good, but I knew if I went too far, then I could blow up in that last five. So um, yeah. it's feeling pretty good. But I also, having run Melbourne before, I knew that they, they trick you. You're on St Kilda Road. The MCG really is about two kilometres away, but your watch says more and you know that there's more loops coming and they tend to take you around um, through like the Botanical Gardens and up past the Shrine of Remembrance and that's deceptively undulating. So I knew that was coming. Mm-hmm. So I didn't want to smash yeah. it too hard. So yeah, felt sure. good, but were I was you... tactically waiting. <laughs> at, were you in a group at this stage or are you running solo? Um, at this point, another frustrating moment was when the the half marathon sort of joined up with the, the full. Um, so at this point, I was back to ducking and weaving again because um, it was kind of the tail end of the half. Well, not the tail end, but people kind of running at two kilometres in the half or two hours in the half. So I, my pace was definitely off with theirs. So I was having to duck and weave again. So I was kind of – I had to pull away from a group that I was running in just to get through the, the crowd again to get some, some clean air again. So – a little, yeah. bit, a little bit of yeah, a tricky sure. one, but that's okay. I expected that. It always happens. Yeah. And, okay, so that makes sense because from 35 to 38.1K, it says your pace dropped to, from 440 to 458. Yep. So you're still feeling relatively good, yep. just dodging, weaving. Dodging, weaving, little going bit of over the undulation as well. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yep. And then, okay, so you hit 40, uh, and then from 38Ks to 40Ks, this is your, your fastest average split for these two Ks. <laughs> it was a 437 average, yep. which... I was pumped to see. From this point, I was thinking, all right, he's making a massive run for home. Yeah. Um, uh, it was, was really keen to find out what was going on there. And then that last 2.2K, you held on to a 4.50 to, to say, as I said, uh, three hours, 21 minutes, 30 seconds, which is a, a great result. Were you, um, like when you crossed the line, what was the, what was your, were you feeling, were you stoked? Were you happy? Yeah. Were you thinking that's about where I was at? Where, like, what was your mindset? Yeah, I think, I think I felt, like, I, re- I felt really great. So I made, I made a really conscious effort, like, because I was feeling pretty good this time around, usually at a marathon, at that point you're almost gone and, and you kind of forget to actually just take in the moment. So once I actually came onto the MCG, I actually slowed the pace down quite a lot because I was like, all right, PB is in the bank. I got heaps of time. I wasn't going to make sub 320, so it was like, what am I sprinting for? Um, so I just really took that last sort of 300 metres around the MCG to just look up, look around, Um just taking the crowd because it was probably the biggest I've ever seen it there um, and managed to see my partner and uh, my in-laws in the crowd and, and my best mate Brody came down, which was lovely to see. Um, so I managed to spot them, gave them a wave and finished it off nicely. So that last, that's bit, that's something that I was really conscious to never try and take for granted and, and not forget it. So um, I'm, I'm really glad I did that. It meant that I probably finished 30 seconds slower than I would have. But who cares, really? Like at the end of the day, it was cool to see that, and I've, I can actually vividly remember it still. Pretty much every step of that last lap, which was awesome. So, yeah, it was cool. Um, yeah, that's I've, a cool attitude yeah. to take. It's yeah, it's very cool. Yeah. So happy with a six and One a half. One of those situations. <laughs> Sorry, bro. No, you're Sorry, right. brother. No, you go. It's a slight. It's the blessing. It's the blessing and the curse of these online yeah, podcasts. Every okay. now and then, I think you're finished and go to jump in. No, no, <laughs> no. you've got the bat and it's yours to, yours I was to just run with. Saying it was, I was stoked to get a six and a half minute PB. That was like that was. I've been chasing that for 
years, to be honest, almost like seven years. 2015 was when I ran my fastest. Um, and then for what I was like underprepared and other marathons coming in, like with a little bit of an injury or getting a bit sore mid-race or really hot in 2018, which sucked. I think, I think you were there as well. Um, yeah, so it was seven yeah, years. Like about it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah, so many years of just like, you know, battling it out, trying to get a PB. <laughs> I was pretty damn stoked. Yeah, really happy about it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I was, I was really happy too. I was even more happy because I think – uh, even on the day, like there's, I often see it as like there's different ways you can view it. Obviously, we've got the lead up, which we can talk about in a minute. Yep. But then you ha- actually have how the race played out. And yep. uh, as good as the race was and as good as the result was and as much as I was pumped and as much as we should fist pump and, and yep. high five and whatever, um, it's like, okay, you look at the result and you go, oh, there's there's two and a half minutes there. Yep. Pretty much. Yeah. Like Melbourne's not recognized for being a notoriously fast course. Yeah. Uh, I know Liam Adams didn't have his best day out, but he's yeah. a 208 man and he ran, what, 215? Yeah. I know he, he sort of burnt his bridges towards the last little part, but even uh, Ryan Gregson, I, I can imagine these boys running faster than what they did. And even just from the history of the course, it's not a course you necessarily go to to try and run an absolute belter. No. Nah, so, I mean, it's not what, what we have to work with is obviously um, uh, toilet stops, a little bit over hydration, yep. the fact that you had to stop there. Yeah. Um, the the uh, the actual lineup factor, like where you were, the fact that you're having to weave in and out of crowds, um, the hills and undulation. Uh, I mean, just those those in themselves is an easy two minutes, yep. which gives us our, our sub three twenty, which I've got absolutely no doubt in my mind. Especially now, you can run. I was saying to you the other day that when you're running six and a half minute PBs in the marathon, it suggests we haven't quite fine tuned things down yeah. to a point where we're like, Oh, okay. That's, that's the limit. Like six and a half minutes suggests, okay, well, first of all, we're doing something right. But yep. second of all, okay, we've, we've got, we've got plenty more, which plenty is of really ceiling. exciting to yeah, me. And I'm sure it's super exciting to you, but absolutely for sure. For sure. So, um, the lead up, man. The lead up was a very interesting one, and uh, I think I've said this on the podcast before. You're one athlete that I know exactly when we started working together because I was standing in the maternity ward at the <laughs> Geelong right. Hospital. Jesse had just had our second little guy, Boy, Ollie, yeah. and uh, and I said, "Hey, excuse me for a minute, babe. You look after <laughs> little Ollie. I've got a new athlete to look after." <laughs> we yep. were speaking half an hour, That's which right, went yeah. down really well. Actually, could have something to do with the fact she's uh, not bothered cheering for you on your yeah, marathon. Fair. Yeah. race day based on the <laughs> fact that she still holds grudges against me that's very very fair <laughs> i but apologize I, I would say um i can't remember specific <laughs> specific dates i can't remember but yep. uh, we had a specific 16 week build-up but obviously you were well and truly consistent with your running before then yeah your say first eight weeks or maybe seven seven weeks we we were laughing about the fact you just could not miss a beat yeah, you were just could, taking a break weeks yeah. off the list like it was it was absolutely nothing yeah and then just walk us through what happened because you had a little bit of a, a shake-up where you were doing a lot of cross-training for, for sort of probably three, three yeah, and a little three bit weeks, weeks maybe four. Yeah, I think it was yeah. – I think it was – so I did – in the lead-up, I had a lead-up run just to just to test myself out at the um, Run Melbourne Half Marathon. Um, and I got a four-minute PB for the Half Marathon there. Well done, everybody. Thank you. Um, so that was, <laughs> that was a huge moment and I really felt confident there. Like my body was back. So I've – it's been a long two and a half years to get where I'm at. So I was really stoked with that. Um, and then, yeah, the following, so that was the Sunday. 
and then I had a pretty light sort of Monday, Tuesday, and then the Wednesday, I went out just for an easy run, I think, and just felt a little tweak in the calf, like really low down towards the ankle, and then that was that was a bit of inflammation that I went straight to the osteo for, and um, it, it turned out to be kind of like a, an alignment with my hip, um, knee and ankle was a little bit out, so it had caused that in the run. Um, so yeah, we had to back off for a few weeks, which wasn't ideal. But you know, kept it under wraps. Was very diligent. <laughs> yeah. You kept me on the straight and narrow. Kept telling me it was going to be all right, <laughs> which was good. For sure, yeah. for sure. Yeah. So I would say that was that was one area that um, obviously, I mean, this isn't news to you, but for everyone listening, that was one area that I think we had a lot of room for improvement as well. Because yeah. unfortunately, where it felt uh, where it fell was was kind of where I had scheduled a lot of your your. Uh, much longer runs yeah, so we had gradually stuff. been building up you were pretty consistently you know you were ticking over 20 then it was 22s then it was yep. 24s then it was 26s yep. and I, I like the idea of getting you up well and truly over um sort of that 30k mark I was ideally in a, a perfect lead up I was thinking I would have loved for you to get sort of four or five maybe even six runs potentially between sort of 32 to 36ks not yep. necessarily towards that upper threshold of that yeah and as a result, we missed a few. You got, uh, you still got. What was it? Two. Yeah. I think th- maybe three over thirty. Yeah, there was definitely there was one at twenty eight, one at. 30. I remember thirty and thirty. There was something. I think. Yeah, and I was flirting a little bit. I mean, yeah. even two weeks out, you just got back from a from a trip with uh, with Kath. Yeah. Uh, Kath. Yep. Or Kath. Kath. Nah, Kath. Yeah. 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 And uh, I mean, you you got back and. I mean, two weeks out is probably closer than I'd usually like to give out a run at this distance. But we scheduled in, scheduled you in for like a thirty to thirty four k run, yep. and part of that was because I think psychologically for you, it's nice to have the opportunity to really stretch the legs out for what is relatively close to race distance. Because yeah, always that that last eight k is a really interesting one. But I mean, I was I was a little hesitant with that because I was thinking, oh, it's it's closer than I would like it to be for a run this length. But yep. at the same time because we'd missed so much in the build-up and so much of that distance, I thought it would be the, the good would outweigh the outweigh the bad. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it seems as though that last and, – and after that, like we had a relatively light or maybe the biggest session was on that Tuesday uh, or Wednesday. Yeah, I think we Even had – Thursday like, think, we might have pushed it out too. I think we might have had like a, a 15K sort of tempo-ish one on the, on the Thursday. I think it was the Thursday, yeah. And then a pretty easy and, weekend and then backed it right back that last week. But that long that long run coming back from Thailand didn't feel like it was unachievable or dangerous because I'd had kind of like a mini ten day taper while in while in Thailand. Sure. So yeah. in my mind, the body was actually quite rested. Um, I did some running while I was over there, but nothing huge. Just just nice easy runs by the beach, which was kind of a little bit of paradise for me. So coming back doing the thirty, the body didn't feel like it was being pushed or it was fatigued. It was actually quite a nice thing to wake up back up again. Um, for sure. Yeah, so I felt like yeah, that actually helped. Yeah. So uh, post race Sunday night, you're sitting there, you're, you're reflecting, yeah. um, celebrating the six and a half minute PB. Yeah. Like your thoughts on okay, hey, what went really well in the lead up, and yep. next time, what do we need to what do we need to refine? What do we need to improve? Yeah. Um, like like you said, the first eight weeks, I think we're just. Uh, pretty much flawless I think that was probably the best eight week block of running I've ever done um, and it was because we had such a big base before that it was what October November November last year when I started running <laughs> under you so 
Um, yeah, so November to like July, that's a fair block of base building. Um, so I felt really good there. That little injury, I don't know, I think unavoidable. I don't think I'm holding myself too accountable to that one. That was just obviously hip alignment. So maybe some more focus in the gym now. And that's kind of where I'm going to go after like into the summer. It'll, it'll focus back on getting the body back in line. Um, treating it kindly again and building up some strength and mobility and function. Um, so that's that's definitely something I need to focus on a bit more now in the summer, in the off time, I think. Um, but yeah, as far as dealing with the injury, felt pretty good. I think I was tempted to push it, but I didn't. And I really learned that and we got a good a good result from that. So I think that's a mistake I won't make again. Thank gosh. Um, cause that's why I came to you in the first place. I kept making those darn mistakes. <laughs> so yeah, that's, that's one, that's a big benefit of getting a coach folks. Um, just having someone else in your head for a change. is quite nice. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm biased obviously, cause I mean, maybe you and I both are based yeah. on the, the job title that we yeah. both have. I mean, you're, you're doing your, your coaching, you've got athletes yeah. that you're coaching as well. Um, but but I don't know how you feel, but I often felt that throughout my running career, it was always, especially towards the end, it was like, okay, I know what training my coach is going to set me. I know exactly yeah. what he's going to say. I know what the session will be. I know why he's going to set it. But it was almost, it was more just that mentor role. Like Absolutely. even, it's so funny, isn't it? There's a difference between having the knowledge and actually having the emotional um, control mm-hmm. to actually be able to go, okay, well, you're dealing with a niggle here. Yep. It's so dumb. I mean, I, I, perhaps I need to follow my own advice and get some coaching because I, <laughs> I was laughing uh, at the fact that I was in a rush to get myself organized. And I was like, there is no way I'll treat any of my athletes the way I'm treating my own body right now. And as a result, paid the price. Yeah. And um, it's the exact reason I had a coach for so long yeah. is because I need someone to go, hey, dickhead, stop. Yeah. You know yeah. you're doing the wrong thing. But when it's just you uh, and your own brain, it's so easy to go, nah, I'm sure it'll be right. Yeah, be I'm fine. a machine. I'll, I'll get through this. Yeah. And then the next week you have to post on Strava, okay, there's a calf strain again. <laughs> I humbly apologize yeah. to everyone. But yeah, no, it is it is really interesting. But yeah, I'm, as I said, I'm biased. But that's that that's the benefit I often see. It's just yeah. the fact that it's someone to to keep you on the straight and narrow when you've got the temptation, which distance runners have the reputation for for having mm-hmm. to go out and do something crazy. Yeah, that's true. And like it's sometimes it works the opposite way too. Like there was times when I was like, Oh, I think I'm starting to get a bit tired here, but like if it was just me, I would back off. But you, you would chuck in just that little bit of extra spice into a session, um, and I'd be like, "Oh, I don't know, it's a bit, but I'll give it a go. Trust him." And then doing that session, it kind of it clicked and it took me to the next level. So sometimes when you're doing your own plan, whilst you can sometimes go too far, you can also back off at the wrong times too. So it's really good to have that other person that hasn't, that is just looking at the data and your feedback um, and then not actually in your own head sort of doubting yourself or, or pushing that's yourself, which is nice. So that was, that was really good. No, that's good to hear. It is. And, and for context for everyone listening. So <laughs> as we said, but you, you were just, there were weeks where you just absolutely nailing sessions. And I mean like volume, we, we had some pretty similar session structures. Like we were yeah. dancing through the monophyllics we're dancing through some thresholds, um, some some slightly more intense thresholds of like 2K reps, 3K reps, and then your intervals of 1Ks and stuff from time to time. Yep. And you were just ticking boxes left, right, and center. And every now and then I always find it nice just to go, okay, well, we've had four <laughs> weeks of pretty solid running. Like yep. he's handling this well. 
which is where I like to sprinkle a little bit of spicy yeah. just once yeah. and, and just see how it was handled. And then I always get excited on a Monday morning when I, I that's usually the day I go and have a good look at training peaks and yeah. click inside the details of training sessions and see what everyone's been up to. And uh, you are one profile I love clicking on because quite often you, you scroll through the details, and you're like, okay, we're heading in the right direction. Yeah. But I think one thing um, that, that I really uh, admired about your build-up was just the way you handled yourself throughout that three-week block where things weren't perfect, where you couldn't run. Because it can be quite stressful if you allow it to be, regardless of what level we run at, when you've got this idea of what a perfect preparation looks like. Absolutely. And all of a sudden, three weeks of cross-training is thrown at you and you have to acknowledge, okay, this isn't, this is no longer ideal preparation, but we have to just navigate our way through, through and make it work. Yeah. Like, how are you navigating that emotionally? Because every time I spoke to you, you sounded... Um, you sounded relatively relaxed about the whole thing, which was, which I was yeah. for sure. But I mean, it's different yeah. from my shoes yeah. to, to yours. Yeah, yeah. Um, to be honest, the first week I felt totally fine. I was like expecting it. I was like, it's 16 weeks of flawless preparation is just, it never happens. No one ever happens <laughs> yeah. to that. Like that Kipchoge doesn't even get there, right? So um, in my mind, when I first did the injury, I was like, all right, a week, that's fine. It'll calm down. It's just a little tension maybe an inflammation, it's fine. And then the end of the first week started to roll around. I was like, okay, um, this is <laughs> this is stubborn um, and I'm not looking forward to doing another week. So that's when I booked in with the osteo. And then it was that end of that first week, he was like, oh, yeah, no, you'll be back in about two weeks, I'd say. And, and that's when my heart hit the floor because I was like, two weeks, that's, that's then going to be three. <laughs> that's nearly a month yeah. of a build-up. And it's towards the pointy end of that build-up. And it was a little bit of panic. Um, but then I was like, well, I can still do, still get on the bike. I can still do gym and mobility stuff as long as I don't load that ankle too much. And so I knew there was still stuff to do. If I could, if I had to just totally stop, that would have, that would have freaked me out no end. So being able to keep mm. busy helped so much. For sure. Yeah. For sure. And outside of um, obviously the the strength, mobility, and things that you just mentioned, what yep. are you? What do you have? You got your eyes cast on anything at the moment? Is there any races or marathons in the future you're looking at? I'm. I say this with an asterisk next to it. I'm. <laughs> I'm flirting with the idea of going up to Gold Coast yeah, next right. year, but I'm also taking a lot more of a a, a slower approach. Yeah, okay. I'm just going to get out there and enjoy running yep. for for a few months, nice. and then I'll make decisions. But I like the idea of um, either a half or a full up at Gold Coast, which yep. I'm, I'm trying to entice or I'd like to entice you to come up because speaking of fast courses, yeah, I feel like that's one. that's one you could do a bit of damage at. And yeah. I mean, whether it's the next race or in the next few races, I've got no no doubt that um, three-hour barrier is uh, is well and truly under threat. Yeah. Uh, you know, when we uh, not necessarily even nail the, the preparation, but just when we get a, a bit used to just that long, consistent running, getting it in your legs, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, getting the course, uh, getting you in the right spot, just nailing a few little bits and pieces that we, we didn't quite nail, but we did relatively well. Yeah, we learned a lot of lessons. Um, yeah, I was actually thinking about that. Like any runner, you guys will all understand this, but I think I finished the finish, got across the finish line on Sunday and you get the medal, you do the celebration, you kind of cool down. And then it was Sunday night in the hotel. I was like, mm, what next? And I was like, no, get out of that. Like, just sit in this for a little bit. Yeah. Like stop trying to race the next race. You've only just, you're still sore. Like, um, yeah. so there was a little bit of that. And then it, it was kind of like today I was like, all right, what now? What I've got to talk to Tice tonight. And I know he's probably going to ask me what's next. And I probably should have an answer. <laughs> so, um, 
like obviously marathons for sure. That's that's the pet event. That's where I want to aim at. Um, well, I don't know when the Gold Coast exactly falls. So um, I imagine that it'd have to be a fly up, fly back. That'd be a pretty express weekend because um, I've got got my wedding yeah, in would, April next would, year. I, I think it's like June or. Oh, is it middle uh, of the year? So I got my wedding in April, so that's going to be a little bit of time off. That's all right. And then I've got my honeymoon in September, so that's time off work that I have to take. So it might have to be, if I'm going to go up for the weekend, sure. it's going to be pretty quick. Um, I might be able to take the Monday <laughs> yeah. off. <laughs> so it's tempting. Dude, we'll talk more. We'll talk more. Um, As you say, while the, uh, the while legs are still tender, it's probably too early to plan. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah, absolutely. But as for like what what events to go to next, I don't know. It's sort of I had a, I had a picture of sort of the summer being hot. I um real struggle in the heat, so maybe shortening the distance down and working a bit on speed. Um, maybe getting up to a quicker ten k's and stuff like that. Really getting like a bit more power and in there. And then I know April the Ballarat, the first Ballarat marathons on. Um, so whether I even aim for a half marathon there or something, I'm not sure. Have a couple of weeks to think it through, I think. Yeah, sure. Yeah. A little food for thought. Yeah. No, nah, awesome, man. Well, hey, um, I won't, uh, I won't take up your whole evening, but dude, I'm, uh, I'm pumped. I was excited to get you on here and break that down because I know it's really interesting, not just for, for me to ask the questions, but for people to hear about the preparation of a, a marathon runner, especially when the results are so positive on your end. Yeah. So yeah, it was a, I mean, it was a huge plus for me because it makes me look real good as a coach <laughs> on a fleet run six and yeah. a half minute PB, but the credits are, the credits all yours. And obviously, as I say, we just, um, yeah, partnered up on the same mission, which is, has been fun. So the first 12 yeah, months has, has been awesome. I'm, yeah, um, yeah, I'm really pumped to see whether it's sort of five or 10 K or, or marathon again in the next 12 months. Uh, yep. yeah, it's going to be exciting to have this chat in 12 months time and find out where you're at. Yeah, it'd be good. Um, yeah, work on some speed and some strength over the summer and, and then we'll trace, chase down that elusive sub three one day for sure. Come on. That's Come the on, goal. Sure. That's the goal. I'm only 33. I've still got a few years to chase it, I reckon. So we'll Dude, Kipchoge's 57. He's I know. still running 201. You're fine. <laughs> yeah, but 20, a 23-year-old just smashed him out of the park. So who knows what's going on anymore. Isn't that wild? It's nuts. Isn't that wild? Yeah, anyway. Yeah, it's going to be a good Olympics next year, that's Kip for sure. Him. Here we go. <laughs> Oh, to say the least. Yeah. <laughs> All right, man. All right, I'll leave you to it. Thanks Cheers. so much for uh, for jumping on and, uh, thanks, and, and sharing that with us. Yeah, thanks, mate. Cheers. Thanks for listening to the Relaxed Running Podcast. If you're ready to become a faster, more efficient runner, visit www.relaxedrunning.com. 